Mikey and Rin stay in. Oh, yeah. Mercy fam, how you doing? It's Mikey. We have a wonderful interview for you today, and you are going to love it. Just so you know, there's some kind of odd volume things happening on our side of this call. I don't know why. I'm not a professional podcaster. I've watched every YouTube video about it, and I can't figure it out. So hopefully you love us enough to be okay with it. But the interview's great. Our interviewee sounds perfect, and you are going to enjoy yourself. So have a fun ride. Um, bye. Hi, guys. Welcome to Mikey and Rin Stay In. I'm Mikey. And I'm Rin. And we're here with episode 45 with a special edition of Mikey and Rin Stay In. Interviewing. <laughs> Bringing it back. I've missed it. Um, yeah, really special interview today. Uh, somebody that Mikey and I are super big fans of. Uh, she is in the infertility space in a professional way. She's got tons of cool stuff to share with us. Um, that I think will be really interesting, useful, helpful for you guys, and also selfishly helpful for us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so without further ado, um, we are going to talk to Susan. Susan, why don't you tell us uh, a little bit about you and what do you do? Awesome. Well, thank you guys for having me. Um, I'm super excited to chat with you and um, tell you a little bit more about um, what I do. But so yes, my name is Susan. I'm actually a registered dietitian. And I've been in the field for about seven years. And along with that, I am also an infertility warrior. My husband and I have been trying to conceive for almost three years. I always round up. It's quite there but you know um <laughs> i like that you round up yeah i i know i don't know why but i i for some reason i always round up like ever since don't ask but i That's, do because well, I, I round down i've been like i'm like oh it's you know two years or corinne's like no it's, no, it's definitely not. two and a half years or more <laughs> no i round up Nice. I don't know why. I don't know what it is about that. So if anyone else does that, let me know. Um, all right. So we've been trying to conceive for almost three years. And in like that process, like that emotional process of, first of all, and I mean, I think a lot of people relate to this, but you think that like, as soon as you stop protecting yourself from getting pregnant, like you're going to get pregnant the next month. Yes. Um, yes. So when that doesn't happen, like that's, really emotionally taxing and just going through that process and trying to like figure out as a dietitian at the time of course like the first thing that I start thinking about is well like what can I do from like a natural standpoint Mm -hmm. and like what can I do with my diet Mm -hmm. to like get to a place where maybe like I could conceive Mm -hmm. um but what I kind of found like as I was doing that and trying to figure out, first of all, there's so much information out there Mm -hmm. and it's really overwhelming and a lot of it's inaccurate, but I definitely tried a lot of the things that are out there um, when it comes to diet. But what I ended up figuring out was that all of these different diets really just make you not listen to your body at all. Mm -hmm. Um, And they drive you away from like focusing on you and you're focusing on all these external rules Um, so I guess my, like, the interesting thing is like, so our fertility journey kind of lined up with like 
then professionally, I was also experiencing like some frustrations just with like our diet culture and things like that. And I started to learn a lot more about um, how our culture like focuses a lot on weight and encouraging you to lose weight and that we have to be on a diet. And then I was, as I was reading about this, I was realizing that this was crossing lines with the fertility world too, because there's all these like fertility diets out there or um, like even just recommendations like eating pineapple cores or I, I mean, we could go on and on about all the different like things that are out there. If you get into the Google wormhole, um, but what I realized is like, okay, if I feel confused and overwhelmed about this, like being a dietitian, I can't imagine how someone like that's just getting on Google that doesn't have a nutrition background feels when they see all of this stuff. Mm. So um, as I was kind of doing and as I experienced myself and continued to um, see what was out there and learn more about how I wasn't listening to my body and I was just Sorry treating myself. I was very concerned about something. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Abby, she's got a voice, doesn't she? At least it's not my one, dog. Especially during COVID time when, like, we're just, ha- you know, having things delivered a lot more. And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're slowly killing our dog because she's just losing <laughs> her mind all the time. Hey, come on. Sorry about that. No, that's fine. It's a very organic um, podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's okay. I I caught the other day, I think um, I did a different podcast and my dog was barking in the background. So um, <laughs> it happens. Um, anyways, I'm trying to think where was I at? Um, I think moral of the story is just that what I figured out was that I wasn't listening to my body. I was just treating it like it was like a baby making machine and that it was just going to do all these things. And um, I was stressing myself out over all of this stuff when I really didn't need to be. And it was just making things, not I don't want to say worse, but it wasn't helping either. Yeah. Um, so I kind of, I, so I stopped worrying about it, essentially. Um, and I started taking nutrition from a more gentle standpoint and realizing that like I could listen to my body and it would tell me what it needed and that was working. So, um, as I kind of progressed along that, eventually what I decided to do was that I wanted to help other women kind of figure this out too. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at now. Um, still on the fertility journey, but now also helping other women learn how they can like fuel their bodies without using diets and rules and all these things that we read about online that should help you get pregnant, that we don't need that. But there are things that we can do to, uh, from a nutrition standpoint, to support our bodies and help our fertility. But it doesn't have to be this crazy strict diet where you don't eat certain foods, things mm-hmm. like that. God, you are so speaking to me right now. <laughs> because, <laughs> Well, I think also I'm an acupuncturist. And so I think mm-hmm. probably like you, I really dove into my medicine and did all kinds of research on the research and, <laughs> um, and felt like, oh, I can crack this code. Um, mm-hmm. And a little bit of what has happened over the past three years is that I've sort of stopped trusting my body on some level and have really wanted to lean into 
what's the acupuncture I can do? What's the herbs I can take? What's the food I can eat? Um, versus this more intuitive eating piece, which is what you're talking about. It's so brilliant. Um, yeah. I'd love for you to talk more because I know that Mikey and I both, when we were looking at your website, um, flagged the intuitive eating piece. It's mm -hmm. it's a phrase I've heard before, but I just want to hear you expand on that because I, I find it so interesting. Yeah, absolutely. And so along, I guess basically what happened is as I was going, as we were on our fertility journey, I ended up reading the intuitive eating book, um, which is by two dietitians um, that I think, well, actually the fourth edition is coming out in June. Um, so intuitive eating has been out there for like almost 30 years, mm -hmm. but it seems to really be gaining ground now, which is super awesome. Mm -hmm. But basically what it is, is it is focusing more on your body and what your body's needs are and rebuilding that trust with your body so that way you can rely on it to tell you when you're hungry and know what fullness feels like. But that doesn't mean that you have to always stop when you're full. It's not a hunger fullness diet kind of thing. Um, and then approaching like nutrition and how we move our bodies from a place of like what feels good and what helps your body function in the best way versus what we're kind of taught from our diet culture is external rules. Mm -hmm. So things like you shouldn't eat after seven or um, low carb. I mean, I could go on <laughs> with all sorts well, of external rules. And of course they change rules. every six months too. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and really if you look back historically when it comes to like all of like the diets that have come around in the U.S., uh, the, and this is what um, that book and this whole philosophy gets at is, first of all, like, we just kind of go in cycles with diets. Mm -hmm. So right now, like, keto is super popular, and it's really no different than Atkins. Right. Um, <laughs> right. it, it's like the same concept of, like, super low carb, like, and, but all of these, like, diets that we go on because either for a lot of people, they're focusing on losing weight, but I'm seeing that people are doing this for fertility too. Mm. And when they're doing that, they're depriving themselves of the nutrition that their body actually needs. And it mm. puts you into this cycle of kind of like restricting and then you end up binging or overeating mm. later. Mm. So that it's this whole cycle with dieting. And the other thing that we know from science is that 95% of diets do not work mm -hmm. for the purpose of weight loss. Mm -hmm. So intuitive eating is taking you back to basically listening to your body um, and making you in charge of your own body, which the interesting thing about it all is we are all born intuitive eaters. Yeah. And these are the diet culture takes us away from that. So most kids, like until the age of two, are intuitive eaters. But then what happens is they start to hear these rules like um, you have to clean your plate or you can't have that or that's bad for you. And it builds as you become an adult. So the older you are, the harder it is to almost kind of get away from some of those rules too. 
Mm. Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, it's I so I've been a chef and in the food world for you know over a decade, and uh, and I've always just had this kind of pet theory, and it's like you know around intuitive eating, like you know what your body wants mm-hmm. you know when you mm-hmm. eat something energetically how it makes you feel mm-hmm. and you know there's a lot of foods that you know just you know and it's so bio-individualistic which I love that idea of what you're talking about and like that you know one person might eat something and it makes them feel energized and alive and wonderful and another person might make them feel sluggish and just the idea of like listening to your body and and also kind of you know everything in moderation including moderation like I look at food mm-hmm. as something that's like you know, it's the lifeblood. It's like, for me, it's, that's what I'm super passionate about. And like, if that means I want to eat some cheese at one point, great. And if that means I want to eat some fruit at another moment, great. Um, you know, but I think what it all, it's like the wedding effect or the baby effect where like, you know, you want your wedding to be perfect. You want to be able to have a baby and you go on the internet and everything is kind of meant to like scare you into complacency or compliance. (laughs) Yeah. And it's so difficult because it is like you're just willing, especially in the world of infertility, you're almost willing to do anything. Mm-hmm. And so oh, absolutely. it's so good. I love the the message that you have that's kind of like take the power back, listen to yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's exactly like what you're just saying is it, when you, first of all, when you decide that you want to start a family, you want to start a family now. Like, and you, it's like almost like a light switch. Like, it's like, you're not ready. And then all of a sudden you are. And it's like, well, okay. Like, so let's have a baby now. Mm. And then when it doesn't happen on your timeline, like it's an almost a natural instinct to just want to do anything that would get you there faster. Mm -hmm. And I think so many of the things though, that we end up trying to do or forcing ourselves to do it ends up with this whole long list of task things. I mean, I, I mean, I, I definitely have been there and I've like cut back. I mean, I realized that I was trying to do all of the things every day or, you know, every cycle and it was just way too overwhelming. Mm. You know, what's so interesting. I'm, I'm just thinking about in terms of Chinese medicine, the kind of act of, overthinking and ruminating, um, let's say on like, I've got to eat this food and not eat this food. It's, you know, we learn that that is actually damaging for your digestive system, (laughs) weirdly enough. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. it's so interesting to think about like the, the thing that you're actually trying to heal or do good things for by like overthinking it you're actually doing it harm, right? Yeah, and that's exactly what it is because, and maybe, and I think the hard thing maybe to recognize is maybe you don't feel like super stressed like on the day-to-day, mm. but it's on some level still causing you all this extra work and energy that is increasing the stress on your body mm. and that stress is not helping your fertility. Mm-hmm. We all know, and I you know, stress and fertility can be like a huge hot topic. Like, totally. yes, does stress cause infertility? No, but it's also not helping either. And mm-hmm. infertility causes stress. <laughs> it's a very difficult thing to balance. Well, and it's and I feel like it's an interesting thing because there's like I don't know, there's all these. I don't know if it's necessarily online, but there's all these people that talk about infertility and they're like. 
well, you know, there are, you know, women in war-torn countries that are still getting pregnant and giving birth. And right. Right. Fine example. But I mean, I think that there's like this, the low level of anxiety, like it kind of, you know, like you're where you're like self-doubting. You're like, well, everything else in my life is perfect. I'm eating correctly. I'm like exercising the right amount, not too much, but just enough. And, and that low level of kind of like constant anxiety you know, we're like, we don't even look at it as a thing. We're like, oh, it's just part of life. But it is, you know, it's part of the environment that the baby is going to or not going to be in. And so it's anywhere that you can exert control. It's, oh gosh, I don't know. It's just such a mind fuck. (laughs) It is so interesting. And I think just even like playing off like that underlying like stress that you might have in that anxiety. I mean, even just like right now with everything that's going on in the world mm. and, and some people are, that's really increasing their stress levels. And for mm. some people, you know, just being forced to stay home and not do as much, it's like you're realizing that, and I know I've realized this myself, but it's like, I'm realizing that I didn't think I was stressed, but like, wow, being forced to really like lay low has made me realize mm. that maybe I was a little bit more stressed even before <laughs> this. So, <laughs> now it's like I've had this like you know it's like that just that forcing of like really laying low has been wow I was kind of a little bit stressed yeah, <laughs> totally sure. totally I, I'm curious about because I'm I'm just I'm thinking about myself here and I I know that I'm a person that can get um uh you know once I'm following a diet I love rules. I love to have kind of guidelines because it it helps me feel um, like secure or safe or something like that. This is the understatement of the (laughs) fucking century. (laughs) I love rules, Susan. Being the one in the house that like doesn't follow any rules, especially when it comes to food. Yeah, she's telling the truth. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm... and. You know, there's a lot of programming, I think, especially as women um, from the time that we're very little, uh, you know, that you eat certain things and you don't eat too much and you eat like a lady and you, right? Mm. There's all mm-hmm. of these suggestions around that. Um, so I'm, I'm curious kind of twofold, what was that journey like for you? Did you find that challenging to get yourself back to a more intuitive style? And then what's that like in your practice? Like, is there a lot of, I don't know, reprogramming that has to happen? Or do people just kind of fall into the intuitive piece? Oh, it's definitely a lot of work. Yeah. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't happen overnight. I will tell you that right now. Um, and everybody, I'll say everybody kind of goes at their own pace and it's a little different mm-hmm. for everybody. So, um, I, I, from my standpoint, I think what I realized was, so I, I think I kind of had like maintained because this is really getting into a lot of things, but because I'm in a smaller body. And I've never felt like that pressure to diet in order mm. to achieve that like thin ideal that yeah. we really tend to like patronize. Totally. And so I'd never been forced into this like dieting culture. Mm. Um, but with that being said, 
I also, as a dietitian, you learn so much about food. And so there's this newer trend. And I say newer, but it's really been around for longer than I think I probably realized. But of like this wellness diet where you are trying to avoid I'll just use sugar as an example, but just trying to avoid certain things that you think are going to harm your health um, in this strive to eat perfectly for an overall wellness aspect, not necessarily because of like from a weight standpoint, Mm -hmm. it's just from feeling like that's going to, what's going to be the best for your health. Mm -hmm. Um, So that is kind of where I kind of fell in with like the fertility standpoint. I guess if I was going to use diet culture terms, I would turn it into clean eating. Um, Yeah, yeah if that kind of helps people understand exactly what I mean, but um, trying to like then move away from that is definitely difficult because you have these rules in your head that Mm. are constantly seem to be like coming back, like, Oh, I shouldn't have that. Um, Or if that has this certain ingredient in it, that isn't good. Mm. Um, Which isn't true, by the way, there are no good or bad foods. Um, Mm -hmm. that's a whole other topic, but (laughs) trying to get back from not having all of those rules, it's almost like there's a few things you can do, but it's like a day-to-day thing. And some people will go one food at a time, Mm -hmm. um, just kind of gradually working their way. Um, but I think what I found is it was super freeing, um, not to, be constantly worried about food or to feel like I had to make everything from scratch. Mm. Um, I think that was, so from my standpoint, like I was saying with the clean eating piece of it, um, I was making some things from scratch all the time and it was like, it was so much work. I just have to say, um, if anyone has ever, (laughs) so much work, I feel like I was spending, I was spending so much time like, cooking and like prepping and trying to like make all of this stuff and keep it in the freezer to make like the week easier. But it was, I was just spending so much time doing that. And it, once I realized that like, I didn't have to do that and it was okay to buy like, can like something from a can, for mm-hmm. example, which is really can be kind of demonized, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and realized that that was like, okay. And I could buy some of these like ready-made things in the grocery store. And that wasn't going to hurt me because it's really not going to hurt you. Mm. Um, that's where the whole balance thing comes into play. Mm. Um, it, it was so freeing and you end up feeling less stressed. So even though it takes time and you might have to go like step by step and day to day, it is very freeing. And I think that's and that's kind of how I work on it with my clients is we take it step by step. Mm. Um, and it totally depends, like I said, where you're at. For some people, um, they have a lot more rules than others in their head as far as what they do when it comes to food. Yeah. Well, so, what a good lesson to learn before having a kid, too. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because, I mean, talk about entering the terror dome when it comes to, like, judgment <laughs> around food. It's... <laughs> Oh, you let your kid eat like string cheese and like, you know, just like get over yourself, everybody. (laughs) It's it's so true. And and I tell my clients that or when people reach out to me and want to learn more about what I do, I tell them that the skills that like I teach you and the thing about intuitive eating is that these are things that will carry you like once you get pregnant. 
-hmm. And then once you have a kid, like you aren't going to be so worried about food and you will help to raise your kid to have a healthy relationship with food. And that can be super hard in today's environment, but you just, I mean, I have friends with kids that are doing it and it's awesome to see like how their kids respond to um, what they're learning without judging food. Yeah, that's amazing. Cause I mean, we live in Portland, Oregon and, uh, it's a wonderful place for eating locally grown food and all the stuff, but wow. I mean, it can be a little sanctimonious yeah. at times. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, mean, I think uh, depending on the area, you, yes, that can happen. Sure. <laughs> oh, I find this so interesting because I, you know, just thinking about for myself, I, I can like feel my body resisting. Like when you said, you know, getting something out of a can, I was like, Ooh, you know, Mm -hmm. it's, it's like a visceral Mm -hmm. reaction. And then you kept talking and I was like, it's, it's just, it's food. (laughs) She's not swallowing a grenade or Clorox or something like that. Right. Right. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really think that we, when it comes to food, we really have gotten to a point within this wellness kind of diet that I was talking about before, but we've just gotten to this point where we're just so focused on like really nitpicking ingredients and trying to like make everything from scratch and just be so perfect about it that we're just losing sight of the fact that like it really just is food. Mm. And Mm. from an overall perspective, if you're just keeping a balance and listening to your body, like no one food is going to harm your body or your fertility. Mm. So, but we are so far removed from that, I think. Yeah. Well, and, our and body, sorry. Oh, no, I was just going to say, and I was going to add, like, I mean, a few years ago, I would have thought the same thing, like, oh, I can't eat something from a can. Like, right. like there's, there's too much salt in that, or who knows what's in that, and things like that. And it's, but I, what I've realized is it, it's, and I think another of it, part of it does come down to science and recognizing that um, despite what we might think, like there are regulations when it comes to our food. Um, right. It's not poison, but we have been taught to think that a lot of our food is. Right. Can you talk, you said research and I, my ears perked up cause I'm a nerd. Yeah. <laughs> Can you talk about intuitive eating? Is there research around that? What's, what's happening in that world? Yeah, absolutely. So there are actually over 100 research studies that have been done to date. Maybe there's even more than that now, Um, but around 100 or more where they have looked at people that diet from a restrictive standpoint or feeling like they're on a diet and people that eat intuitively. And what they have found is that there are better health outcomes in people that are eating intuitively than people that are told to follow a specific diet. Mm, And when we're talking about like health outcomes, we're talking about people have lower blood pressure, improved cholesterol. Like those are 
hardcore numbers um, that actually could tell you a little bit more about someone's health than necessarily their weight. Hmm. So um, lots of really good things in the intuitive eating and research space. And it's just, it's so good for intuitive eating because when we know that 95% of diets fail, Mm. um, a 5% success rate isn't so great. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's so interesting too, because I'm thinking about like all over the world, people eat very different things, right? (laughs) And there's Mm -hmm. healthy people in all of those places. Mm-hmm. So it's not, exactly. it doesn't make sense that there's just the paleo diet is it. <laughs> That's right. the only way to be healthy. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. And 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 part of the problem with like all those different diets is it's just hard to stick to long term. Right, right. And for a lot of people, I mean, eventually you're going to go to a birthday party or <laughs> a holiday is going to come up and, you know, maybe your family has traditions where you eat specific foods that aren't quote unquote, allowed on that diet, and then you decide to eat them. And then all of a sudden, you feel like you're off the train. And then it kind of spirals from there. Right. And um, I always end up thinking about it kind of in the like Marie Kondo way of life. Like, you know, you hold the piece of clothing, and you say, does this bring me joy? <laughs> yes. And like, you watch someone eating happily, like, or intuitively, like he's someone that's just like, I'm going to eat this piece of pizza and I'm going to love every yeah, bite yeah. of it. And then you watch the person that's like about to have a seizure or a stroke that's like eating their third almond of the day. <laughs> and like, you can't tell me that the person that's stressing out eating the almond or on this very restrictive diet is more happy and in tune with their body necessarily than the person that's happily eating a slice of pizza or right, 10. Right, you know? right. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, that's exactly what it is. God. It's, um, I, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just going to add that, you know, it just, we just make it a lot more complicated than it needs to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And our bodies are resilient. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Like our, our, bodies our bodies can handle smart. it. Yeah. That's a good call. Yeah. yeah. Our bodies are smart. The other thing I always tell people too is, um, we think that we need to like cleanse or like detox ourselves. We have a liver and you have one to two kidneys. And that's what their job is. Mm. So our bodies are smart and they know how to function. We just have to let them do their thing. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously the caveat is like, don't just eat (laughs) M&Ms. And and you know what I tell people? You won't. Right. Because it's like, and I, that's what a lot of people um, tend to get like afraid about Mm. when it comes to like intuitive eating and giving yourself permission to eat all foods is mm-hmm. they think that they'll only eat M&Ms or they'll only eat cookies. But okay, maybe you will for like a day, but you honestly, <laughs> you will get sick of it and you won't feel good. Right. You'll feel and like that, shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and that is, and like that is your body's just way of communicating like, hey, I need other foods besides just, you know, this. Well, it's, it's so, like what it, Corinne would go on uh, vacation or like go to see her family or whatever, and I'd be home alone, and I'd be like, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna watch <laughs> violent movies, and I'm gonna order a pizza, and I'm gonna drink beer." And like the first night, I would have pizza and like some beer, and I'd be like, "Oh, this is like sweet party." <laughs> and then the next day, I was like, "I want a salad." Right. <laughs> like, I cannot do that again. Like, 
and that's what happens. And it's hard to believe when you're like kind of stuck on the other side of it mm. and feeling like you have to have these rules in order to eat, but mm. you truly will, you truly will crave a vegetable. I, I, I it's happened to me. It mm. does happen to me all the time. If I don't eat a lot of vegetables one day, I might crave them more the next day. And like, yeah it happens. So it, it's not like something that we're making up. <laughs> how much, how much of it do you think is, is gendered? I mean, it's just kind of just comes from sexism and you touched on it earlier, Rinny, but I mean, it's like yeah. women have children, have the babies. And so women and the expectation on women's eating habits and body types and all those things are so disproportionate to how men are looked at. Mm-hmm. How much do you think it comes from that? I definitely think I, I do think that women are are far more maybe impacted mm. um, by a lot of like our like diet culture. Mm. But I, the other thing is, I I do still think that men are impacted by it too, and people that, however they identify, I they are impacted by it. But I do see a lot of like our like a lot of the marketing when it comes to like diets tend to really focus on things that appeal to women. Sure. Yeah. Um, can you talk to us about your, like, who's your ideal person that you, that you dream of working with? <laughs> so I, that's an awesome question. <laughs> um, I basically, I, want to help women that are if you have been trying to conceive for a while and to be very honest I mean I've helped people that haven't been conceiving for maybe quite a year yet Mm. Um, but if you're getting to that point where you are starting to research the different diets and you're starting to kind of wonder how you could work with like your diet and how that can impact Mm. your fertility um, I can definitely help you And so that's kind of one person. And then there's the other person that if you have tried all of the diets and you're frustrated because they haven't worked and now you just feel like you don't even know what to eat at all Mm -hmm. um, because you feel like nothing is safe, that's the other type of person that I help. Mm -hmm. So if you're in either of those camps um, or anywhere in between, those are the people that I want to help. I love to see people realize that they can – listen to their bodies mm. and not have to use all these external rules to eat. God, it sounds like Shangri-La. <laughs> it really does. <laughs> well, it's also so interesting because like we're just, uh, I don't know if you know this, Susan, but we're starting down the IVF path uh, right path. now. Yes. And it's, you know, IVF, we're like, we've talked to the doctors and the people that we're going to work with about everything else but they have not Uh mentioned diet once or they haven't mentioned food once Mm -hmm. and i think that's kind of a common thing you know but uh, yeah i don't know it's just it's just interesting because it's like you think about i mean i think of ivf as like it's the most natural and unnatural procedure or process ever um and you know i don't know eating feels like it should be such an integral part of it but it's you know hasn't even come up so yeah yeah I think that that's super common and I guess I didn't really like throw that in with um, like the people that I help, but everyone that I like work with is on a variety of spectrum of either trying naturally to pursuing treatments such as like IVF or IUI. Mm-hmm. Um, so it definitely, it definitely can play a role. 
um, it's probably different than I think what most people think as far as like diet and IBF. Um, not that you have to follow a specific diet, but it's probably more listening to your body, like I've been saying, and making sure that you're getting enough to eat. Um, that is a huge thing that I tend to see a lot of is people just not eating enough. And I think mm-hmm. that sums back to thinking that we shouldn't be eating a lot. Um, so yeah, diet and IVF. I think that there's definitely a place for it. Um, but I think you're right. I think it's not something that's like routinely talked about either. Yeah. God, I just love this. I love that you're, you're helping future mamas. I mean, it's really like Mikey was saying earlier, this intuitive piece is going to help you intuit how to raise your child and kind of drown out the noise that you can hear (laughs) that you will hear (laughs) around that. Right. Um, And I'm just thinking about like, you know, we have this phrase, your gut instinct, right. And Mm -hmm. that's a real, that's a real thing. If you can tap into that, that can be your guide for a lot of life. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, and it doesn't cost you any money. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, you got your gut guru. I mean, yes, just if you work out. with me, of course. But <laughs> the things that I teach you are lifelong. And once you are off the diet bandwagon, it, it, it doesn't cost you money. Yeah. So I was going to say, I was like, you and, heard it here first. Uh, Susan gives away all of her information for free. Let me check that statement. Um, well, so Susan, you to work wh- with me, but <laughs> why don't you tell um, people how they can work with you? Yeah, so um, I don't think I said this in the beginning, but um, if you don't follow me and you're on Instagram, you can find me at infertility.nutritionist. That is where I do most of my work. Um, I love Instagram. It's a great place for me to just connect with women that are struggling to conceive. And um, I love that I can use video to talk about some of the things that I have to say. So that's where I have a lot of my information. Definitely check her out because it's, I don't know, that it's informative, but you've also got this I don't know. There's some humor injected in there. It feels really casual. It feels like I I know you. It feels like I've met you. You've got this That's like good. That's really what I sweet. To feel yeah, like. <laughs> it's really it's a great page. Tons chock full of good stuff. Well, thank you. So that's where you can find a lot of my stuff. I do have a website that is attached to my Instagram bio. Um, so you can go on there and in my Instagram bio, if you are interested in working with me, the link that's in there takes you to the application um, that you fill out that I just ask that um, just a few questions. I just want to learn a little bit more about what your goals are and what your intentions are. Um, and then once you fill that out, then I reach out to you um, and we go from there. Usually what I do after that is we set up a, like a 15 to 30 minute call where we just talk about what it is that you're looking for, what your journey has been like. And then we talk about what I offer and how I could potentially help you. So, um, yeah, you can apply to work with me through my Instagram bio. Otherwise I do actually have a website too. And that is simple, joyful, nutrition.com. I love that. 
And if you go to the website, um, you can find um, more information about me. Um, a lot of it I think I talked about today, but it also has, um, we'll talk a little bit more about my services. So my main service that I do offer right now is one-on-one coaching. Great. And um, I am looking to expand that at some point, but right now I'm just focusing on helping a limited amount of women with one-on-one coaching, teaching them how they can relearn how to listen to their bodies, support their bodies, and then use nutrition to support their fertility without feeling like they have to eliminate foods or feel guilty for eating something that doesn't necessarily support fertility, but again, doesn't mean that it's going to hurt fertility either. God, it's freaking brilliant. Yeah, it's really Isn't cool. Isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Well, well Susan, thank you. God, this was so much fun and so informative. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was like, I don't know, you took us on a serious journey. It was awesome. Awesome. I'm I'm glad that you enjoyed it, and I hopefully that you learned something. Yes, definitely. Oh, of course. I learned that I need to order a pizza. Tonight. We're doing it. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. Pizza, pizza, pizza. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> well, thank you so much for taking the time. Um, and uh, yeah, infertility nutritionist on Instagram, simplejoyfulnutrition.com. Um, definitely check Susan out. Thank you, Susan. You're the best. Yes. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. It was fun. Yeah, great talking to you. Hey, guys, wasn't that such an awesome interview? Uh, yeah, awesome doesn't really quite capture it for me. Yeah. I am in awe. You are in awe. Of some person named Susan. (laughs) I love it. Um, yeah, you guys, so as per usual, if you want to speak to us, uh, let's eat at MikeyandRinStayIn.com and, (laughs) And, uh, the socials at MikeyandRinStayIn on, um, Insta and MikeyandRinStayIn on Facebook. Correct. We hope to see you there. We love you all. Thanks for listening. And that's about it. I'm hungry. Yeah. Let's go intuitively eat something. I'm also Mikey. And I'm also Rin. And tonight. Tonight. We're going to stay. We're going to stay. Intuitively eating. Ooh, intuitively eating. Chomp, chomp, chomp. (laughs) I said chomp. You're welcome. Bye. Shana Siruddin will breathing in. Record your message after the Is tone. Susan there? When you've finished, Oops, you can hang up or press one for more options. <laughs> Hello? Uh, what?